Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential, and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does, or just need someone to speak to, call Helpline on 84864222. That's 84864222. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR. 855 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name's Christine, and from the Brainwaves team today, we have Alana and Marnie, who will be interviewing our lovely guests. Um, joining us today, we have Ali Morrison. She's the helpline coordinator, and she'll be talking to us about um, the telephone service. So take it away. Uh, so, Ali, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the Wellways helpline? Yeah, definitely. Um, firstly, thanks for having me on the show. It's awesome. Um, so the Wellways Helpline is an information support and referral service. Uh, it is a peer-led, volunteer-based program in which we provide information and support to people experiencing mental health issues. Um, and we also um, speak to family and friends and also other carers. How did you become involved in Helpline? Oh gosh, it's, uh, I began my time with Helpline, I'd say roughly five years ago now, um, uh, where I first started as a Helpline volunteer. Um, I later took on a role, uh, sort of, uh, it's a sort of secondary role, like with an increased responsibility, uh, as a team leader. Um, and that was where I provided support and guidance to the newer volunteers on the Helpline. Uh, and subsequently, um, I was privileged enough to apply and then be accepted for a role as uh, one of the Helpline coordinators a little under two years ago now. So um, who is Helpline for and who is it aimed at? So the Helpline, um, it's for anyone who may need support or information uh, or even just someone to talk to. Um, We provide this service to people who may be experiencing mental health concerns, um, carers, whether this is a family member um, or a friend, or sometimes even a work colleague or a concerned neighbour, which we've had in the past actually, um, and also the general public. Uh, Why do people typically call the helpline? Um, It's in keeping with the support provided, I guess, by the Wellways helpline. Um, An individual may call due to feelings of social isolation. Uh, They may be looking for a particular service, seeking information about mental health um, or the mental health system or also other disability um, services. Um, Or, um, as I mentioned earlier, they might simply just be needing a chat. Um, What sort of support and services does the helpline provide? 
Um, firstly, um, I'd just like to highlight or clarify, um, helpline is not a crisis line. Um, but our skilled volunteers, are, you know, they're here to listen and to offer emotional support, service information and referral details for services as well. Um, we assist callers in navigating the mental health system and provide emotional support, uh, as well as information about the services and programs available to people experiencing mental health issues or other disability um, as well, um, as well as their family and friends, as I mentioned previously, because it's uh, obviously quite an important part of, uh, I guess, their greater support network. Um, we also provide support in the form of scheduled outgoing calls as well. Um, and to be linked into this service, a referral form, um, sorry, a referral from a mental health worker or caseworker is required. Um, and these calls are usually scheduled on a weekly or fortnightly basis in which volunteers can provide intentional peer support, follow-up calls, um, appointment reminders um, or support between um, the individuals, maybe their regular mental health supports that they might also be linked in with. That's a really cool service. Um, uh, I understand... Oh, sorry. Um, I understand that the helpline is a peer-led service. Um, what does peer-led mean and why is it important? Yeah, so you're right. Um, helpline is a peer-led service. Um, it essentially means that um, every person working on the helpline or volunteering on the helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues, um, either as someone with their own personal experience or someone who cares for a family member or a friend with mental health um, issues. Uh, you know, having volunteers on the helpline with this lived experience, it really helps, to, I think, to establish that mutual space for them and for the caller in which they're, um, it's sort of established that there isn't, I guess, that judgment or, or criticism. Um, and I think it helps to reduce, uh, I guess, any element of blame or, or that sometimes that imbalance between that carer and, and person who receives the care. So it kind of really equals out that space um, and kind of provides a shared understanding and support. Um, as a peer with lived experience, where suitable, volunteers can share their own personal stories and experiences as well um, and this allows for the caller to explore other possibilities and opportunities that they may not have considered or thought possible. Um, I think it's really important, uh, an important part of our, um, our service and I think Helpline might actually be one, uh, or sorry, as in a helpline, we might be one of the only helplines that actually is um, purely or wholly peer-led as well. Um, when we had one of our callers um, actually kind of really highlight this in, in, in when they spoke with us and they just said that they really enjoyed having someone to talk to who had been through similar circumstances and had managed to, to work through it and alongside the, the help, uh, helpline volunteer. Um, the caller had been going through a bit of a low period at the time and expressed wanting to get out of the situation and start having a better outlook and they found that speaking with someone who had been through something similar had been really helpful and beneficial for them. Yeah, I think it's really great that it's um, peer-led because you know when you're going to ring up that you're going to always get somebody that understands like what you're going through. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, also, how is Helpline funded? Uh, so funded, um, so I don't know how much you guys know in terms of Wellways, but we're a non-for-profit, uh, not-for-profit, sorry, organisation. Um, and as such, uh, funding for the Wellways Helpline specifically is sourced through yeah, fundraising opportunities and uh, donations. So previously, Helpline operated from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. And as of August 7th, you'll be operating from Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm. Why the extension of hours? Yeah, so it's a really sort of exciting time for us right now. A um, lot, lot happening. 
Um, so sort of as Wellways is continuing to develop and grow as an organisation, uh, so too is the helpline. Um, and in response to this growth, in which we've also seen like an increase in call numbers, um, I think I did the data recently, it's approximately 30% in the past year, an increase. Um, and also as we've become a national service, we really saw the need to increase helplines hours of service as well. Um, these evening hours are also a critical period for individuals who may require support outside the typical nine to five business hours. Um, so where the majority of daytime support services close at, you know, 5 p.m. Um, so having, I think, a service open a bit past that time. And also if people are working, you know, those nine to five hours, if they do need that support, it sort of provides a bit of, you know, a, an extra sort of avenue for them. Um, and it's intended that this increased hours, these increased hours will also, I think, allow Helpline to attend to more calls and hopefully support a greater number of individuals. Ali, um, so you mentioned that there was an increase in the number of callers. Um, I guess, would you say that um, the um, initiation of the NDIS scheme would have anything kind of to do with the increase in the number of callers? I would say so, definitely. Um, there has been an increase uh, in, in the number. I think as the NDIS is being rolled out in more and more locations across Australia, um, and I think primarily at this stage through Victoria and Tasmania, for example, um, it really has, uh, we have seen sort of an increase in queries and calls about that, either in terms of people wanting to know a bit more about the NDIS and what that looks like, um, but also, I suppose, for people where the rollouts occurred in their area or due to occur, um, what it means for them and, and how how you know how wellways as a service might be able to support them so yeah there has been a definite increase and i think that probably does go hand in hand with our increasing calls but also i think we've gotten our name out there a bit more and it's really people are really starting to recognize wellways and the helpline as a really pivotal service um, have you gotten any feedback from any of your other callers? I know you gave us an example before, <laughs> um, but have you had any other um, feedback or positive um, feedback from any of the callers? Yeah, we have. It's um, it's pretty special. Um, it's really, uh, it's quite, I think, heartwarming and, and nice um, when you get to hear or read feedback from an individual who has received support from the helpline. Um, there's often, I guess, a real appreciation that someone has taken the time to be present with the caller in the call um, and to listen to them and explore and validate their story um, and also explore with them their needs and um, um, as well as providing, obviously, the service or referral information that they might require. Because um, on the helpline, uh, I think often you'll speak to someone, you'll develop that connection and the mutual space in the call and you'll provide that appropriate support uh, in whatever form that might look like for the caller and then the call finishes and you might obviously, you know, never know how it turns out. Um, I think so when someone calls back or sends an email letting us know how they're going or what they've accomplished or just to thank us, it really highlights the importance of the helpline and its volunteers and the work we do. Um, and a more, I guess in a more structured way, we also uh, recently, or I guess late last year, did an evaluation of our scheduled outgoing call service that I mentioned previously. Um, where we asked these participants about their experience and, and what they valued or took from the calls that they'd received. Um, and overall, I won't go into details about numbers because I'll put you all to sleep, but overall, one of the main responses was a strong feeling of being listened to. Um, callers appreciated having the space to talk to someone and share with them how they were feeling and how they were travelling. Um, and many said it helped them get through the day and lifted their mood and alleviated feelings of, of anxiety quite often. 
Um, and I'll just share one one quote, sort of, or one sort of thing that's uh, one of our um, callers sort of said, and, and it really kind of summed up the feedback. Um, it went that the people, um, and in this case, it means they're referring to the volunteers, um, speak like I have known them forever, like old friends. They are helpful with ideas, and I feel better when I get off the phone. It has been helpful to talk to someone who understands. And I think that really sort of sums up the way in which we, um, I guess, really push forth that peer-led approach and, and the value and importance within um, that, that provision. Can you give us an example of uh, what a helpline call might sound like? Definitely. Um, so an example of an incoming call um, would yeah. be, uh, or could be, that an individual is calling up to inquire about possible supports for themselves. Um, they may recognise they're not travelling too well at the time and want to know about what help might be available to them. Um, and I guess as a volunteer, you're utilising an empathetic response and drawing on the skills developed from the providing training that's available to all helpline volunteers. Um, and in this, the volunteer would aim to establish a rapport with the caller and explore with them their situation and the impact of, of this on, on how it's, I guess, on them and all, all the people that might be involved. Um, there may also be a discussion as to the supports or connections that the caller might already have access to as well and see what's happening there. Um, and then I guess once a bigger picture is formed, um, the helpline volunteer will discuss with the caller um, services or programs that may be of benefit to their inquiry and also how the caller might access these. Um, and this information um, we can also um, offer to provide it in an email or post it out to them as well. Um, as if there's quite a bit of detail, we understand that people aren't going to re remember or necessarily recall it all. So it's, it, people have often said that they find it helpful to have it like written down for them. Um, but yeah, if someone doesn't have access to, I guess, the internet, post is still a viable means of transporting information. So that's that's um, good. We also sometimes get calls from carers too, um, and that can be a similar sort of thing, but they're um, often looking for, I guess, supports for their child or their friend, um, or sometimes, you know, a spouse, for example. Um, and that can look, I guess, quite similar to someone who's calling up about their own need for supports. Um, but we do obviously understand as well that um, that caring role can be quite, you know, all-encompassing and, and it sometimes it's overwhelming. So often we try and, I guess, touch base with the carer themselves as well um, and, and try and sit with them in that space a little bit and, and see how they're checking with them because often as a carer, all our time can be devoted to um, supporting the person that we care for and, and uh, you know, obviously, but um, it can sometimes diminish or take away from checking in with ourselves and seeing how we're going. So sometimes it can be a process of also seeing or linking in the carer with supports as well. Um, the schedule outgoing calls, though, they look a little bit different. Um, like in this case, uh, once an individual is referred to, to us um, to receive these calls, um, one of the helpline coordinators, so myself, for example, will then go ahead and make contact with the individual and together I'll discuss with them um, the helpline service and what it looks like to receive schedule calls and then check in with them as to a day and a time that would suit them to receive these calls. Um, I guess as this is a sort of more ongoing service that we provide, um, it allows for a certain, I guess, consistency um, uh, within in the calls, obviously. Um, it enables the helpline volunteers to really get to know the caller or the, the person we're calling and work more closely with the individual. And then together, I think that can be a bit of a journey exploring what might be happening for the caller or what they feel might be supportive for them within these calls as well. 
Um, and then in terms of, I guess, the calls themselves, it, it, it might be providing a friendly connection to someone who was isolated um, or living regionally because um, we do find that um, quite a few people who, I guess, do live more regionally, and I'm sure some of your listeners will have experienced this as well, um, the, there can be a lack of access or a lack of services like readily available. So I think quite a few caseworkers or um, mental health workers have, have, have recognised this need. And so connecting them in with, I guess, a, a community kind of service like Helpline can be quite beneficial and provide just that, that um, a conversation and someone to chat to and ask how your day is going. Um, which can be really quite rewarding um, for everyone involved. We we really love our schedule calls and the callers, and it it often makes our day, to be honest, um, to speak with someone that we we get to know. Um, so that's really quite special. Um, but the schedule calls can also be um, just providing additional support for someone who may have recently completed a support program or um, come out of maybe hospital, for example. And we just really benefit from someone touching base with them and possibly working on strategies and techniques um, to help support them with their self-care and their ongoing recovery journey as well. So we do sort of a whole range um, of calls, both incoming and outgoing. Um, yeah. It's good that your service um, allows for you know, um, links to other services outside yes. in the community. That doesn't seem to be provided by any other service, so that makes your service quite unique. It can, yeah. There is a, um, a level of that where we, I think that's... We're not, I wouldn't say we're a font of information, but we do have, I think we're very lucky that we've been able to put together over the years as Helpline has really developed, we've been able to put together um, a great deal of service details and, and try and keep up because obviously services change and, and um, you know, uh, merge or develop. Um, so being able to sort of keep on top of that a little bit and be able to provide those details to people when they call up, whether it's, you know, as I said in the examples of what a call might look like, you know, someone might be calling up and, and need um, like a worker or now that with the NDIS, they might be needing information as to how to get their plan. Um, we're able to sort of have that information pretty much on hand usually. Sometimes we, we you know, suggest if we can call them back and we'll find out more. But um, it's still, it's always, you know, really adhering to their query and really trying to provide as much information um, as possible to try and, often there's an anxiety. So trying to reduce that anxiety by providing people with a bit of knowledge can be really empowering. Um, and then for carers, quite a similar thing. It's often providing them with services that they might not have been able to find themselves, particularly, I guess, um, if you are isolated or um, maybe don't have access to the internet, for example, being able to receive information as to what is available and what is what what might be out there that could be of great benefit, it can be really reassuring to have have that sort of as a bit of a backup even, um, and then as well carer supports for themselves too. That can be quite a key thing to sort of bring into the conversation as well. Yeah, I think it's also really special that um, you have the scheduled outgoing calls. Um, just to make a connection with the caller, like it would make a lot of difference. Um, having somebody to talk to, like on a on like a weekly basis and things like that. Yeah, definitely. It really, it really it would is. make a, such an impact. Um, yeah. How does one volunteer on Helpline, and what's expected of the applicants? Yeah, definitely. I think we we get that question quite a bit um, in some of the calls as well. From I guess that's more the general public side of things, or the grade the community. Um, so basically, um, the, for the volunteer process, or I suppose, or the role itself, um, volunteers will complete um, a four-hour shift on a scheduled day and time of their choosing. So I guess what fits in within their schedule, because often um, they've got other commitments as well. 
um, and that can either be on a once a week or a fortnightly basis. Um, there are three available shift time slots, so to speak. Um, so it's like 9am to 1pm. Then you have the afternoon one, which is 1pm to 5pm. And then there's the new, obviously the new edition, uh, the 5pm to 9pm, which will be coming up um, as of August 7th, as I said before. Um, and then, so yeah, once they've um, begun, once the helpline volunteers have begun their role, um, they are expected to provide a minimum 12-month commitment to the role and to the helpline program. Um, that's pretty much, I guess, the main expectation. And obviously just to let us know if they can't come in on a day or the, for their shift. Um, in terms of, I suppose, the intake process, which we get a lot of questions about, uh, we are based here in Victoria um, and Helpline has got, so we're planning on having three volunteer intakes per year and we'll look at taking approximately 14 volunteers in each intake. Uh, so once an individual's application is received and they've been successful uh, in the group interview, they will then um, be invited to complete the helpline training program. Uh, and this training uh, consists of five sessions, and these are held over usually five consecutive weeks. Um, and the training covers the structure of, I guess, the public and private mental health system, um, also things like telephone communication skills, um, things like communicating empathy and, and developing listening skills, and also managing um, challenging phone calls and, and exploring what I guess what some of the phone calls that we may receive what they might look like and I suppose how best to support um, volunteers with this and how to sort of skill them ensure that they've got the skills to feel comfortable uh, on the helpline in responding to these. Elliot I guess um, another thing that comes to mind when you think of um, volunteering for a helpline service is I guess the challenges that volunteers might face could you quickly talk us through what you think I guess the major challenges are for a volunteer definitely yeah of course um so I think with that question it um I think it can be quite um individual in a way uh what might be challenging for one person in a phone call or in a call might be quite different to someone else so some of the presentations or you know some of the things that people might be um I guess faced with in the call it could be um, I guess someone might be quite angry on the phone, calling up and quite frustrated with the system. For some people, that can be quite difficult to sort of sit with. Um, for others, it could be someone um, crying because um, you want to. Sometimes we want to jump in and we want to save it and fix it and, and and make it all better, but we're not then recognizing that the caller on the other end of the phone has really got their own agency and can really, usually, can actually you know, do things for themselves. We're just there to provide that encouragement and, and that support. And I think it's also from on behalf of, I suppose, the helpline coordinators and team leaders as well, it's providing that reassurance to the volunteers that they aren't, they're not meant to fix everything and they're not going to have all the answers. So it's our job as the coordinators to really to back that up and to provide um, guidance and, and also just let the volunteers know that they're doing a great job and they really do. And if there ever is an issue or a challenge, debriefing and supervision is, is provided. Um, Ali, just before you wrap up, can yeah, you just quickly um, tell our listeners how they can contact Definitely, the yeah, yeah. So the Wellways Helpline number is 1300 111 uh, And this number and more information about the service can be found on our website and it's in the Helpline section under the Our Services tab. Um, so we're ready for the increase in hours as well for the helpline. As I mentioned before, as of August 7th, we'll be open from 9am to 9pm 
We'll also have new brochures and also magnets, which I'm going to say we're quite excited about, um, available. And these two will also have the help and contact details and, and service information as well. Great. Thank you so much, Ali, for coming on the show today. Thank and you. And sharing your knowledge with our listeners. You can find more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au or on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. Feel free to send us any feedback or suggestions for our shows um, through our email, brainwaves at wellways.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.